in general, I think if you just like think about how you can provide the most value and how you can really help people, like if this is always on the forefront of, of your thought, it's, it will become much easier to to build something, to sell something. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, David. It's so fabulous to have you joining me today. Thank you for having me, Sam. This is going to be exciting because you have done or you have had started, run, grown, scaled a lot of businesses. So you've got a lot of knowledge to bring to the table. So I'm really excited to see where this interview goes today. Why don't you start off with telling us what it is that you do now and then let's dive a little bit into how you got here. So currently I run a portfolio of businesses and there are a lot of productized service businesses, a few outsourcing businesses, a marketing agency, and out of all this, a tool emerged, which is now upcoach.com, which is most of my time is going into this, which is the tool for coaches to run their coaching businesses better. So this is what, what I'm doing today. And I guess, you know, it's probably easier when I unpack how I got here. Exactly. It's a long story. Yeah. As any entrepreneurial journey is, it's never a smooth ride from A to B. Why don't you let us know exactly, you know, because you do have such a a varied background, how exactly did you get to the place where you started up coach? Okay. It's going to to be long. (laughs) (laughs) I'm originally from Germany and I went to 14 different schools. I never really fit into, you know, this system. And I uh, got kicked out of most of them. Then at some point I found entrepreneurship and this was like really my thing. And I, and I blossomed this before I was really lost and didn't know what to do. But, you know, once I had something where I could do what I want to do and I didn't have to do things, then, you know, it worked out really well for me. So I had a few businesses in Germany. The biggest one was an e-commerce business, which I sold because I always wanted to move to America. Back then in Germany, in the early 2000s, there was no startup ecosystem in Germany and I saw what was going on in America and this was very appealing. So I sold my business, got my, the money for my investor visa and moved to the United States, to Los Angeles. And I co-founded MaxCDN, which is a content delivery network. We make websites faster and we had a really good exit with this. Uh, we ran the business. I moved there in 2009 and we sold the business four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Turkey. I live in Bodrum, Turkey right now. My wife wanted to move back to Germany, but I said, honey, I can't go back to German weather. So we have to figure out something else. And so we ended up in South of Turkey. <laughs> From someone that likes summer, I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah, I've been freezing, freezing for 30 years and had gray sky for 30 years over it. Yeah. And while we're in, in LA, I went through breast cancer. Knock on wood, she's doing good today. But, you know, this was something that was a big wake-up call for me. So I kind of sat down and re-evaluated everything, kind of imagining myself on my deathbed, looking back at my life, thinking, did I really do what I was supposed to do? Did I have the impact that I wanted to have? And this led me to also, you know, ask my business partners, hey, guys, I'm not really passionate about this business anymore. Let's sell it. I want to do something with more impact. And I came up with a, you know, after thinking about long and hard on what I can do that has impact, I created a course on how to apply business principles to family life, 
because I was always, you know, very business focused and this was, was my thing and work-life balance was not really working that well. Mm -hmm. um, the busier I got, and especially when our daughter was born, it became very apparent that, you know, something has to change. And one day I came home after a long meeting about the roles and responsibilities in my business and I was sitting on the couch and my daughter had full diapers and I pointed this out to my wife and said, hey, honey, look, Emma has a full diaper. My wife blew up because to her it sounded like I'm telling her to change the diaper, but it was, I was just like tired and pointing this out. And I was wondering, why are we fighting about this? You know, this, you know, she changes the diaper 95% of the time and I'm happy to do that. Just like didn't think that's my turn right now. And then I realized we never talked about the roles and responsibilities in our private life like we have in business. And then the mm -hmm. next morning we sat down and wrote this down. I'm responsible for this, you do that. And this took away 80% of all the friction we had in our relationship. So I thought, okay, maybe we can take other things from business and apply to our personal life. So we had, you know, uh, roles and responsibilities, our personal mission and vision, regular meetings, a shared to-do system using Trello to assign each other's to-dos, having a shared calendar and meetings. This worked so well for me and for us that I want to share this with others, with other entrepreneurs. And so I, I create this course. And then after this, we sold Max the end. I thought, okay, I'll just like promote this and do this, you know, kind of like doing something good and chilling out here in Turkey. But there were two things that really bothered me with this. One was that kind of was more f end up being family therapy, the people that I was working with. And this is, I'm not a family therapist. You know, so uh -huh. I think I'm a business guy. Yep. And the other thing that really bothered me was that only 7% of the people who bought my course completed it. You know, because mm. for me, it was not about the money. It was just about like having, having the, more. The passion project. Doing something good. Mm. Yeah, my passion project, yes. So this was really bothering me. And then I kind of shelved it and thought about what can I do? And I read the book called conscious capitalism mm -hmm. which is by john Mackey, really good book on you know the old way of doing businesses you have to increase shareholders value that's the only reason why business exists and the new way the conscious way is you want to take care of all stakeholders of the business so you know all employees suppliers customers environment planets you know community etc and so i thought okay i can actually focus on business grow business and then have a positive impact and so i Start LTV Plus, which is an outsourcing business for e-commerce and SaaS businesses. We provide live chat agents, support agents, field payment recovery agents, like all this, <clears throat> because I want to provide lots of people with a good job, good work environment, fair pay, and you know to put food on the table, something that, that excites me. Mm -hmm. And then I bought Task Drive, which is a lead researching business for when you do outbound sales. And my old business partner wanted to get rid of it, and it was very not the same audience, but Similar process, you know, also people business, so it kind of fit in. Then I in, invested into shortlist.io, which is a marketing agency, and, you know, did some, some other investments in the e-commerce space. And, you know, then I had this portfolio of businesses that I wanted to, you know, that I was running. And I thought, okay, let's bring back managing happiness because, like, almost it's organization development basically just for the family, but it mm -hmm. also applies. You know, I, I took all this from, from business and I wanted to teach the leadership teams of my businesses to be in their personal A-game, to figure out their personal mission and vision, to figure out their plan, what they want out of life, and very important, the habits that they have, because I'm a big believer that habits determine everything in your life. Mm -hmm. If you're rich or poor, happy or unhappy, obese or in shape, it all boils down to which habits you cultivate in your life. And so I want to get this into the heads of the, you know, people running my businesses and the I didn't want to do another online course because you know the completion rate is very so low. low, and so I thought, okay, let's do group coaching. Let's kind of get together and you know 
turn this into an eight-week program. And I couldn't find a tool that worked well for this. Most coaching tools that I found were just like, okay, how do I get more people into my coaching business, but not just how do I service it mm -hmm, uh, or mm -hmm. how, do, how do I deliver? So I asked the CTO of one of my businesses, which is 50 SaaS, we built SaaS products to build me something. And it grew and grew and grew. And at some point, we really had a really cool tool that was working really well, which we were just using internally. And a few entrepreneur friends took it as well and sent their people over. So this my unintentional coaching business grew, which uh -huh. I never intended to have. And at some point, the tool was really good. And I asked a friend of mine, Todd Herman, do you know Todd, by the way? Yeah, Todd's awesome. Yeah, yeah, Todd's yeah. Really cool. Todd, author of Alter Ego Effect. If you haven't read that book, totally recommend it. Yes, mm. very much so. Really cool book. So I showed it to him and said, like, hey, man, you know, I'm not a coach. You've been a coach for a very long time. Can you give me some feedback on this tool? What do you think about it? And he's like, holy cow, that's amazing. I want to invest. Let's grow this big together. I'm like, okay. And then we pulled it out of Managing Happiness, bought upcoach.com, and now we have it on under upcoach.com, which is my current passion project and which kind of going back to mission, vision, values. My personal mission is I see myself as a change agent who's transforming the lives of individuals and organizations so they can reach their full potential. Mm -hmm. And first I thought I do this with managing happiness and then I, I do this with, with my businesses. But now with this tool, I can empower lots of coaches to positively impact a lot more people. You know, mm. so it's a kind of leverage effect for me. This is why I'm very passionate about this business and, and running it. I love it. I love is, it. Yeah. I love so it. That's in 10 minutes or I don't know how long this was. <laughs> how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very short version of what has, you've done amazing things, so many things. And I think that a lot of people will resonate with the part of really trying to find something they're super passionate about and something that they want to create an impact because, you know, I don't know, we need to explain to anyone how crazy 2020 has been. And I think that it's really made people sort of stop and reevaluate where they are and think, you know, is this what I really want to be doing or have I just got caught up in something that's just been, you know, growing and gaining momentum with it. And, you know, I haven't had that chance to stop and have a think about it. And yeah, a lot of people have these pivots at times, you know, I often hear about, you know, big illnesses or near death experience, experience, you know, death of, of a parent or, you know, really awful tragic situations like, you know, your wife went through. But I think that 2020 has delivered that to all of us, with, you know, in a crazy way. So just sort of running with that for all the people that are listening that are probably reevaluating what happened to them in their business in 2020 and they're starting to think about well what do i want to do moving forward into 2021 is this what i want to be doing how do i want to change it up how you know through your course how do you help people to really get clear on what their you know personal vision and mission are because i think a lot of people question what it is that they really want to do because logically it doesn't make sense to them mm -hmm. yeah so one exercise it's from stephen covey's seven habits of highly effective people is the funeral exercise you basically mm. envision yourself at your funeral and you see the people who are giving a eulogy like you know kind of giving giving a, a speech about your life and what would make you you know your your, your family business partner somebody from the community and what would make you the happiest if they, you know, 
what do you want to hear in this speech? Because kind of like he also talks about beginning with the end in mind, and this is like really the end, and kind of reverse uh -huh. engineer what you have to do to get there. And this I think is like a very, very good exercise to figure out what you want to do. And also, it should be something that you're ideally that you're good at, and also something where you can can make money with. You know, mm -hmm. this also should be something and. You should you mentioned this before, like being in a state of genius, kind of like if you can't figure out what this is, where you're just kind of digging in and you forget time. Like, oops, this was like four or five hours, and uh -huh. you know, it doesn't fatigue you if you can find find these things. And and that's I think it's just about providing value. I think money is a side effect of providing value, and if you can figure out how you can you provide how you can provide massive amounts of value to lots of people or you know really extreme amounts of value to small amounts of people if you figure this out you'll be very wealthy and doing well so this and if you really think about like doing something and changing i'd always advise you to do it like tarzan you know like he when he swings on these how, how these things called on the vines uh, oh yeah vine if he's yeah, swinging yeah. on the vine he always waits until he's holding the next vine before he lets go of the other you know uh -huh, so he, uh -huh. you're not kind of like uh, crashing Plum down, plummeting so to earth. To, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Totally. Most jobs you can kind of do something, build something up on the side. You know, there's there's always a few hours in the evening or early in the morning where you can kind of figure out and test and see how you can provide value. Totally. No, you talked about doing something that also makes money. And I think that, yes, it's a very important piece. But what's what's intriguing is that you created your course just because it was a, your, I've forgotten the name of it, but your passion Man pick. Yeah. Yes, your, ma managing happiness, yeah. Managing happiness. So you created that because that was a passion project and then it made money. And you did the same with UpCoach. You created it because you found that there was a need, but it was just a passion project. You didn't go in saying, this is the thing that I'm going to make, you know, multiple seven figures with, you know, you didn't go in thinking this is a $10 million business. So how do you, or what advice do you give for people that, yes, they need to make money, but also to allow it to happen organically? I'm in a comfortable position because I hadn't had a good exit before, so I can really not think about this at all. But in general, I think if you just like think about how you can provide the most value and how you can really help people, like if this is always on the forefront of, of your thought, it's, it will become much easier to to build something, to sell something. You know, I, I used to be very introverted. I'm a recovering introvert, as I call myself. You know, and like selling, I used to hate sales with a passion. I used to be, you know, even on, on a conference call, I was very uncomfortable. And so I wanted to change this because it was holding you back so, so massively in business and so i went to toastmasters uh, you're familiar with toastmasters yeah yeah yep yeah it's a really cool organization where you can learn how to public speak i went twice a week i went to toastmasters and twice a week i went to networking events in la uh -huh. and i just talked to everybody on their mom you know exposure therapy style until i was just over it didn't bother me anymore exposure therapy i love that <laughs> <laughs> but the the real flip in my head was switched when my yoga teacher said every decision in life you either make it out of love or out of fear uh -huh. make it out of love you're on the right path if you make it out of fear in the wrong path and this was something i always knew deep down inside but i didn't couldn't articulate but now that she gave me this framing it worked really well for example in sales you know if i have to sell you up coach or if i want to sell you up coach if i 
sell out of love, if I know, okay, this could be a real good product for you, this will solve your pain points, you know, then I can be, even be pushy, which I would have never been before, because I always felt like used salesman, salesman, but I said, hey Sam, I think this can really help you, and please test it out, give it a shot. And then I can even be pushy versus if I sell out of fear, I, you know, I sell something only because I have to hit my numbers, I have to pay my mortgage, etc. And this will also, you, you'll feel where I'm coming from and you're like way, mm. way not buy from me. Or public speaking, you know, I would have never gone on stage and, and, and give a presentation or being on the podcast was something that would have never, never uh, been happening because on stage I think, do people think I have a weird German accent? Do people think I look weird? Do people think I what I'm saying is stupid, etc. You know, kind of all these these mm -hmm. so or you know i can, mm. can go on and on with, with other examples maybe one more for my assistant at max again grew very rapidly and uh -huh. we had internal communication problems you know because you know it's just like the organization grew very fast and we didn't have the procedures in place to communicate properly and so i came up with an internal newsletter for you know kind of what, what's going on weekly newsletter and i told my assistant please go to each department head figure out what they what's going on this week put a newsletter and send it out Monday at 4 p.m. And every time I mm -hmm. got the draft, I had to correct a million things. It was never good. And, you know, I sat mm -hmm. it down in my office and said, hey, you're doing this out of fear, not love. And she looked at me like, what, what the heck do you want from me? And I explained, <laughs> <laughs> and I explained, <laughs> and I explained like, uh, if you would do this out of love, you'd go to each department and really figure out what they have to say. Even what a CTO has to say, she was not super technical, but, you know, she'd still figure it out and she'd, Put this together in a newsletter that everybody is looking forward to. It gets good information out of it. Maybe even it's, uh, enjoys reading it, being funny. Then you do it out of love. But you are, the only motivation for you is David said this has to go out on 4 p.m. That's your only motivation and this is why, why you're doing it. You know? So if you kind of switch in your mind, like, how can I really provide value? How can I make this really good? Then, you know, it, it's, it, it just flows and, it clicked with her. I never had to correct anything. And at some point, we even had a really cool video newsletter that we've been sending out, you know, with, with internal news where she interviewed the, the different department heads. So, yeah. I love that. I think that is such a super powerful thing, just asking that question. I've not actually heard it in this context before. And it's it's so clever because what I'm really hearing from you is that coming from love, what you're doing is thinking about the other person. How can I best add value? How can I serve? Where when we're coming from fear, it's internal. It's, it's all about it's us. Me, 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 and yeah. really, totally. And when we're thinking about sales, and, you know, and 100%, this is what happens. We think, oh, my goodness, like, what, what is someone going to think if I don't make the sale or if I don't get enough people in my webinar or if I don't get enough people in my event? And that's all about them and their fear of what could happen rather than, you know what, I just want to serve as many people as I can and make sure that I am making that impact. And it is people feel that energy too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just... For us, it's for everyone, and that's huge. That's really, really powerful. Or you mentioned before, talking to a stranger, you know, like Germans are, are more reserved. You kind of, you know, it's it's not that common mm -hmm. just like walk up to somebody and start a conversation with them. You know, because making it about me, do they, do people think, you know, I'm annoying them or whatever. But now I just like, I see another person, I just, you know, on flights, I just ask them a few questions to see if I can provide value somehow. And so like, hey, there's another human being, let's see how can I can provide value. And then I just meet really cool people and I also go, I dig very deep. I'm vulnerable and just like talk about basically anything. 
and uh, then you connect with people much faster and that's just just wonderful it's like living in you know before the world was black and white tv now now, now it's color you know so many cool opportunities when you just open up that's I love that. I remember being on a flight once and I, I was on my own and I sat down next to a lady and she she looked like she was hyperventilating. Like we hadn't even started to taxi out and you could see like she had beads of sweat, the look of fear in her face. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this poor woman is here on her own. That's going to make it even worse. So I just started chatting to her and you know, we got, I could, you know, we knew we were taxiing out and I knew we were about to take off. And I just started asking her a lot about her and different questions, like got really, really deep into asking her questions. And we got to the end of the flight. She's like, oh my goodness. She's like, we just landed. <laughs> she's like, thank you so much. But the same, I could see how stressed she was. And I just thought that must be awful to be feeling like that. So oh, I'll just, you know, value. I'm absolutely absolutely and i don't even <laughs> you know i probably knew what her name was at the time but i have no idea who it was and you know we never caught up again but it's something that really stood out to me that when we actually look out for other people you know we can really have a big impact and you know maybe maybe she still remembers that flight and that it wasn't so it bad. always comes back you know like i my wife asked me often, you know, like I, I coach people on the flight, you know, on business, how they can run their business better, et cetera, because it's something I just like in, enjoy doing. And she's like, you know, why do you do this? You know, should, should be paid for this. Like, no, it's, you know, it, it always comes back. It's, you know, I love the, the universe. And once I met somebody on the flight and I just, uh, you know, talked his ear off about how he can improve his, his business. And then he introduced me. It's, it's super weird, but uh, so we went to South by Southwest and we hung out there and, you know, then he, he just moved to LA and then the next week he calls me and says like, hey, could you meet with a friend of mine? He's, he just came to LA. I'm not there and I uh, can't take care of him, you know, to show him around and could you please do this for me? I'm like, whatever, super weird, but yeah, it's, it's fine. I have time. I can do it. And I come to this guy's house and it was in one of the most expensive parts in LA and was like this enormous giant house and I come in this guy standing there Indian guy in like shorts and t-shirt and I thought like, dude that, that's a crazy house and he's like yeah I mean, my ex-wife bought it six years ago I have never been here actually and I was like what <laughs> and and he was on the Forbes list at I think 107 or so you know person wow. net worth 10 billion dollars and he you know he, he this guy that I met connected me with him because he thought I could be a good fit for one of his businesses to to run it but you know i was i was busy with mine but just kind of making making this connection and now, now i'm friends with with this individual and you know it's like it always somehow comes comes back or kind of going back with the managing happiness courses not doing this for money but it's still a great networking and i always get something back from it you know for example i hired two people from that took my course you know they work for me now with one person business partners and another business now you know so it's, it's kind of always like just good stuff out there and somehow you'll always be repaid. At least this has been working for me. <laughs> totally. And I agree. And But I think that the little catch here and the caveat is that you have to do it with no intention of expecting something back because when you do it to expect something back, that's when it just doesn't happen. It has to be totally pure and just 
you know, sometimes nothing happens and sometimes it does and you just never know where it's going to go. And and in that, I think that the next piece is to always be open to those opportunities. Like if you had have been too scared to say, you know, oh, I don't want to, you know, go and meet this person that I haven't met before, you know, you are open to, eh, let's just see what happens. And I think they're the opportunities. Same with Todd and Upcoach, you know, I, I didn't know Todd well. We just met at a, at some entrepreneur dinner party that another mutual friend friend of ours put together and we sat next to each other and this was like our only interaction that I had with them you know I felt like yeah you know should I ask him should I not ask him like you know it maybe comes comes across just want to pitch him that he that he buys his stuff and I was like eh mm. and it's like yeah well, and then he posted something about running masterminds and I thought okay this just like fits too well and I just record a little video and send it to him and you know then this happened I could have also like you know acted out of fear and not make this move you know so I guess it's also you miss every shot you don't take you know so it's just yeah Totally. So as a recovering introvert and and being afraid of asking Todd when he was at dinner, sending a video, is is that like when you're not actually there in front of the person, is that something that you do often? Is that is that a, I'm going to use the word tactic, but that's so not the right word. But, you know, is this a, a way that people can can get around it or was that just completely no, no, the way I think, it I think it's always the same thing of like fear of being rejected. It doesn't matter if this is like via message or via like in, in person. I think it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's a huge fear that so many of us have. None of us like to be rejected. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's still, you know, you miss every shot you don't take. And if, if you come out of the place like, hey, you know, I... I First, I was in the mindset, okay, you know, I have this thing and I, I, I want to get feedback on it if it's good or not, you know, and I was like, eh, no, it's a, it didn't feel good because it was about what I wanted. And then I saw him having the need of, you know, like he's running masterminds and I was like, okay, this actually could be a really good fit for him. So this is why I reached out then because, you know, kind of making it about the other person. So it's like, this always works for me. If I can find an angle of like how it is about the other person, then it just flows and, and works. Yeah. I think I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Your, your passion projects, how aligned are they with your core values? Oh, very much so. Uh, my core values and my my mission statement is always a filter for everything that I'm doing. You know, I have them printed out here, you know, to kind of like always if I want to make a... Make a <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a bigger decision, Snap. I always kind of run, 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 run through them. It's, I also, you know, back in the days, I thought that mission, vision, values is something that you put in the business plan if you want to raise money or you hide somewhere on your website and you don't really use, but it's like actually one of the best management tools there is because you can just, you know, align your team and, you know, you can also align yourself in terms of what what you want to do. One example, um, a, a friend of mine started ring.com. You know, the, mm-hmm. the double, um, company. And I was talking to this head of engineering about mission, vision, values. And he said, they have these floodlights you put on the side of the house. And when somebody walks past, the floodlights go on and, you know, you have a camera in there uh-huh. you can, and you can talk to the person and say like, Hey, what are you doing? Or probably you leave or call the police. And one of his engineers came to him and said like, Oh, I have the best idea ever. We can create the party mode. If you turn party mode on and since there's a microphone in there, it can listen to music and then flash with the beat, you know? And the engineer thought that's the best yeah. best thing ever. And, you know, the head of engineering could have said, like, that's a stupid idea. Just go back to work, you know, and then this person would be crushed and never yeah. come up with something again. Um, yeah. But yeah. how do you tell people that they make 
decisions the same way you would make decisions. So we told them like, hey, this is a cool idea, but what does this have to do with our mission statement? Our mission statement, which is to make neighborhoods safer. Nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like, oh, okay, it makes sense. And then if you hammer vision, mission values into people's heads, then they can make decisions the same way you would make decisions and they don't have to come asking for every little thing. They can just like kind of, based on this rule set that you have set up, they can make the decisions for them. And same thing yeah. with my personal mission, visions, and uh, my core values. It's like how I want to be, you know, like the things that, I, that I'm already in that I don't want to change, but also what I'm aspiring to, you know, for example, like being more courageous, etc. you know, kind of reading through them. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a really good guiding North Star in my life. Yeah, definitely the filter to make decisions through and something I've always had vision, mission. I, I've never until, well, I say recently, sort of in the last 10 years, really dived into my core values. I didn't understand how they mixed with my business. But in the last few years, I've really, or I say I, we have really got clear on our vision and mission. And now we're now, when we advertise for a new employee, we actually don't even talk about the position at the beginning of the interview anymore. We talk about our values, our mission, our vision. This is who we are. This is what we do for our clients. This is what we believe. And there's like three or four paragraphs before I even talk about what the position is, because I've realized that when someone applies for a position and I, we, you know, we're, culture is really important to us, that we want them to come in understanding that this is the way we are right from day one. We can train skills, but we can't help people understand this is what we believe in if, you know, if it's something that they don't believe in. Yeah, absolutely. At Max CDN, we had, for example, a core value. Um, the first one was because we were very engineering centric and it was build uh -huh. cool shit with like you know with a, with a dollar oh, sign that is awesome <laughs> and for, for two reasons because a we want to attract other engineers that you know love to nerd out and build cool stuff or cool shit yep. and we purposefully yep. use the word shit because we want to repel people who want to come to work with a tie on you know because we're just like you know scrappy yep. startup and not just you know like because you know when you when you hire somebody from from this different world of like who used to work in corporate and then they come to this crazy startup environment, they usually don't last, you know, or they like they're passive no. aggressive, et cetera, because they just it's not their environment. And so yep. this is Yeah, definitely like, you know, we fill the people out this way. At my current business is at the, the last page of the contract are core values and you have to initial next to each one of them. You know, and then kind of like I'm yep. going to live up to these core values or this otherwise this will be a reason for my termination because if, if I don't fit into this. So everybody knows it starts working with us that this is the name of the game. And once a month, we do a call with everybody that we hired this month. Uh -huh. And then we tell them about our mission, our vision, how we started the business, why we do what we do. And we also tell stories based on our core values. So each core value gets a story of how somebody really lived up to these core values and how, you know, so people can really internalize this. So we kind of really hammer them with our core values so everybody gets them, you know. Okay, that is so cool and again so powerful because your culture really creates that that mission to get to the end vision you know it doesn't happen by accident i know that um, i was chatting to my husband the other night who works on operations in our company and i was talking about back in my very first business it took me years to get a bad culture out of our staff i didn't understand how it happened i thought that getting rid of staff would you know, would improve the culture, we could start again, but mm -mm, it doesn't happen like that. You know, it bleeds through for many 
you know, turn, many new people that come in and it took us years to be able to turn the culture around. So it's something that I'm really passionate about now in, in you know, as the entrepreneurs, as the change makers that you said, we're the ones with the big vision. It's really important that we share that vision with everyone around us so that we can create something that we're really passionate about and that other people are passionate about too. It's also very cool to see if you're if your vision really aligns and, and grabs people, they're way more likely to work with you even for less pay, you know, because they're just like excited about, about doing this because it's, it's aligning with what they want to do. And especially I think the newer generations, they, they, it's very important for them to have impact, to do something, you know, change the world type of thing. And, um, mm -hmm. it becomes more and more important to, to people. A friend of mine did, it's called Global Brigades. They, they're sending, people to third world countries to, you know, to, to help mm -hmm. out. For example, you can do a medical brigade. If you're currently studying medicine, then you can go to yep. a country and like kind of help, help there. And you also get credit for this time and they facilitate this and they raise money. They give them a tool to, to raise money for their flights and for, for their stay, etc. And it's, it's a massive organization. I think they raise, I don't know, 30 40 million a year currently not because of covid so you know just wow. just for the just yeah. <laughs> just for the airfare you know to fly wow. people yep. back and forth and he has two employees and everybody else is a volunteer wow you know because they because they can see yes, the vision they, they want to be part yes, of that yes you know so it's and people just like also live down there to just help you know so i think it's that's super cool a good example for if you or you know spacex if you if you're like a space nerd if you like this kind of stuff you almost work for free for them because it's just you know and this is how you really attract the people who can will build something really cool with you and also go through the tough times and you know just grind it out because they see the vision where, where you want to go totally totally love it for people that want to stay connected with you david how do they do that you can connect with me on LinkedIn or on Facebook, just David Hensel, you, you'll find me. I have a personal website, davidhensel.com, where you also can see the different businesses that I have. And dh at davidhensel.com, feel free to shoot an email. And of course, as usual, we'll put all of those links in the show notes. David, I want to finish off this show. Obviously, you know, we started off talking about 2020 and, you know, moving out of that, coming into a fresh year, 2021. What is something that you'd like to leave our listeners with to really think about to create something that they're insanely passionate about moving forward i think keeping in mind the love and fear thing that you really do something out of love and that you that money is a side effect of providing value you know don't chase money and actually one in my course somebody who took the we did the vision boards kind of like yeah what do you want in life and he took the course actually a second time and the second time he, he completely changed up his vision board before he had like the fancy car and, you know, like all, all this stuff. And he's like, I don't know where I put this there. It's like, I don't even like cars, you know, like, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, living, you live other people's dreams. You kind of do what you think, mm. you know, society paints as the dream and as what is good, but just kind of really figure out what you want. You know, what is the stuff that makes you happy? It doesn't have to be that you're rich and famous or whatever. It's just like, you know, it could be also could be anything it just like makes you happy and don't don't care about the other people's opinions just like figure out what makes you happy if this means that you become super wealthy or even if you just have a modest living with it's just like it has it's important that you find the thing that makes you happy otherwise you 
you kind of waste your life doing something that is not mm. good. Mm. And life's too short to waste. David, thank you so much for joining me in the lab today. And I best wishes for you for a fabulous 2021. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab a free copy of the Thought Leaders Positioning Checklist over at samantharileyglobal forward slash checklist. Number two, check out my inner circle for coaches, experts and change makers over at samantharileyglobal forward slash inner circle. Or number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or a one-on-one level at hello at samantharileyglobal. I look forward to hanging out with you here again on Thursday right here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab.